He's our man with all the New Zealand racing news. Mick Gearan joins RSN's Racing Pulse. Always great to catch up with Mick Gearan. And uh, Mick, as I say good morning to you, uh, a little bit of news I just want to bring you, thanks to our good friend, champion jockey Greg Hall, um, who rang me yesterday to let me know of a jockey who had passed away, Terry Finger. Um, a lot of our older listeners would be well familiar with Terry Finger. He was before my time, uh, but he passed away yesterday. Uh, Greg said that he was uh, a gun jockey. He used to ride a horse called Scotch and Dry, which was um, of his era, a little bit like Vaux Rogue. And Greg Hall told me this funny story that when he was a 10-year-old working at Chiquita Lodge, Terry Finger was the go-to jockey. And back in the day, he was told, never look around because it'll make a horse um, unbalanced. So the trainer said, I don't want to see you in front looking around to see where the others are. So he'd pay Greg Hall and other young apprentices and workers at the time to stand behind the trees along the back straight and he'd give them a fiver to yell out when he went past how far in front he was. So they'd all be <laughs> yelling out, you're five in front, you're six in front, so he didn't have to turn his head around. What an amazing story uh, from the great G Hall yesterday uh, with Terry Finger who passed away. I love some of those stories, and what you do see, it, it, it's true. Obviously, anybody who's ridden a horse knows if you turn around, it does cause an issue, and that's why the great jockeys and the ones who sit high enough in the stirrups can look between their legs. Yes. You see it occasionally. You see, you see them look between their legs, and obviously, you need to be sitting high in the stirrups to do that. But, um, yeah, it's a, and you see it a lot with the uh, with the American riders who are very high in the stirrups. But yeah, sorry to hear about Terry, but um, some of those great old stories about some of the things that maybe these days, Michael... Maybe wouldn't quite cut it in the professional racing world. Uh, no, uh, absolutely. Um, we've got so much to talk about. Let's start with the Kiwi because we'll go up to the Golden Eagle. And I had a chat to Ken Kelso yesterday, and you know, he's your typical, uh, not overly exuberant, but there's a bit of confidence about her after that barrier draw. It's a 20 horse field, $10 million race. Um, what are your thoughts about Legado and how the Golden Eagle will shape for her? Well, here's an amazing stat for you. It's actually the richest race a New Zealand-trained horse has ever contested. There you go. In the history of racing, no New Zealand-trained horse has ever raced in a $10 million race. Um, so she's got that very large piece of history in front of her. Look, I'm not saying she can't win. I'm not sure Rose Hill is her track. Like, it took her all of Flemington's home straight to win the Australian Guineas last year, but if she was trained by Chris Waller, for example, and she'd won an Australian Guineas and she'd won her last start and she was in form and had that barrier, you'd probably think, of course I can win. So I think she can, but she's going to need a lot on her side. I'm not sure she's as proficient right-handed as left-handed, but she's also probably a bit more untapped than some of these horses, but... For me, once you get, you know, Abamburu Mai, you know, Kovalika, um, Amelia's Jewel, there's such disparate form lines here, Michael. I've mm. looked at the race a whole bunch of times because it's, it's clearly the highlight of the weekend for the New Zealanders. It's a bizarre thing to say, but Derby Day is such a huge part of our lives and has been for decades. But yes, obviously, a lot more New Zealanders are going to care about the Golden Eagle because there's basically no New Zealand horses racing on Derby Day. Yeah, so, I've looked, at, I've looked at it a lot, but what it all means, how they're all going to turn up, whether Amelia's jaw can get on the right leg, I simply don't know. 
Um, I think Legato probably ticks more boxes than lots of other horses. I'm happy to back her at $8, and I'm happy to back Kovalika each way just in case there's pressure in the race. But, gee, Michael, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure a 20-horse race around Rose Hill is exactly what this race needs to be. I'd be a lot more comfortable with 16 horses. It just sounds too many horses. It does. It does. And it's going to be a bunch of hard luck stories with the big prize money, and it'll be helter-skelter. It'll be interesting to see. Rose Hill, we know, is tight. We'll see how... Um uh, the race is run and everything comes out of it. Hey, just quickly, ladies' man has to win now on Saturday to get into the Melbourne Cup. It would be a great story if it was able to get into the race. But um, how do you line up his New Zealand form compared to, firstly, those he's going to meet in the Archer and then in a Melbourne Cup? Well, it's remarkable to think a horse who's a last start Group 1 winner is on the minimum. <laughs> what does it say about the New Zealand Group 1 form? that you can win a group one and you stay on the minimum. Um, Melbourne Cups being what they are, Michael, I think you'll get in. I just think there'll be a horse or two withdrawn in the last couple of days because for the last five years in particular, that's been the case with the Melbourne Cup. So I think you'll probably get in. I think with a lot of horses who go to the Melbourne Cup, as long as they run top 10 or top 12, whatever it is, and get the 100K, they'll be happy. Now, he's a good stayer. Alan Sharrick is a very, very good trainer very good trainer and he wouldn't take him if he thought he would embarrass himself would i be stunned if he won the melbourne cup absolutely but i think he's a good weight for age new zealand class horse which puts him as about a group two group two group three weight for age new aussie class horse and those horses will run past the slower stayers usually that's about as honest as I can be about him. But for the Herald, which is the major newspaper on the racing editor, for what we're planning for him to be in there because over the last couple of years, being in the top 25 is good enough to get you there because something always goes wrong mm. with some horse along the way the next couple of days. Uh, who have you got uh, as the number one Melbourne Cup runner in your mind before final field and barrier draws? Now, I was at Ascot to see Vauban win. Um, it's pretty graphic when you see it. And when you saw his win at Ascot and you go, oh, he must have beaten rubbish. And then you realise Absurd ran seven and a half lengths behind him. Then Absurd won the Ebor. Mm. And the Ebor is probably the best trial because it's the race most like the Melbourne Cup. It's a handicap. Uh, it's left-handed. It's a big field, so there's a bit of push and shoving. The Ebor form, I think, tends to work really well into a Melbourne Cup. And when you see Vauban just thrash Absurd, where you go, well, surely he's the horse to beat. Now, I'm not going to be taking 350. I'm not going to be a dick about it. But yes, Boban, there's no reason not to back him. And he's such a big, strong horse. 55 kilos won't feel like a lot of weight. But there's far smarter people than me who know about these things. But I do go to Ascot every year. So you tend to... Sometimes you see those Ascot stayers, Mike, when you go, it's too clunky. It couldn't do it. But as we saw from the track work this week, and he worked good at Werribee again this morning, he's quite a dexterous horse. For a big horse, he's quite light on his feet. So, um, yeah, I'll be with him until I find a reason not to mm. be. But it would be remarkable to think a horse who, you know, got beaten in a hurdle race at Vici two years ago could go on to win the Melbourne Cup. That would be one of the more bizarre stories in, <laughs> in the last 20 or 30 years of the race. Uh, speaking of Vauban, we're going to have a chat to uh, Dave Casey at 10.30 because uh, there is some injury news from the camp. Now, don't get too worried. Don't be alarmist. Uh, it's not what you think, but there is some injury news out of the camp with Vauban that we'll tell you uh, more about with Dave Casey at around about uh, 10.30 after track work uh, this morning. Hey, Mick, can you leave us with a weekend winner? 
the Gallops have a bit of a dull weekend here because they're getting ready for a massive next couple of weeks. Um, I like a harness horse tonight. There's a race at Alexandra Park tonight, which is a harness meeting. I like race three, number eight, Major J. It's around $2.73. There's probably only two winning chances. And if anybody's on a roll, I don't mind a horse in race five called Mr. President, which is $12 and $3.50. It's more of a one-by-four type play, but... I think the sliding blinds go on tonight. So don't like the Gallops meetings here this weekend. There's a lot of waiting for what's going to happen next because on the back end of your carnival in Melbourne, we launched the Cut Week Carnival in Christchurch, which is going to be really, really big. So a lot of horses are getting ready for that. But uh, yeah, like a couple of harness races tonight, race three, uh, Major J, race five, I'll tell you what I've done. I've backed a horse called Man Down to win, but I've had a bigger bet each way on a horse called Mr. President because I often back two or three horses in a race, Michael, because I'm, you know, I don't, I don't bet for fun. I bet to make money. Uh, that's why it should be. Uh, a bit of fun and make some money. Uh, hey, good on you, Mick. Enjoy Derby Day and the weekend. We'll chat uh, next week. Um, so I'll get you to yeah. send through your, your cup final tip after the um, barrier draw trust on me, Monday. Trust me, Michael, it, it won't change. After okay. seeing what I saw at Ascot, it absolutely <laughs> won't change. Bo and, um, fascinating, to see, fascinating to see him wearing no shoes in track with yesterday, which is mm. a lot more common in Europe and very common in the standard breeds. They often train or race them with no shoes on, but to see him with no rear shoes on yesterday, um, that's a real rarity and a real old-school horseman thing. But, hey, that, that's Willie Mullins for you. Um, to everybody listening, have a great cut week and we'll dial back in next week when we start talking about what could be Michael a big day on Champions Day for the Kiwis. Absolutely. A rarity, a New Zealand favourite for a $3 million race. Good on you, Mick. Cheers, mate. Mick Guerin joining us there.